Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRant Radio here today for April 5th, 2016. I'm Graham Giusin Matthews, sitting alongside the one, the only, as always, at RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter. RJ, how are you doing today? Doing good today, Graham. Only a couple days removed from WrestleMania. What are you, are you still feeling the excitement from WrestleMania weekend? No. No! It's over. It's, over. it's been like 48 hours, and you're still like, I'm over it, I'm, I'm done. I'm over it. You were like in the, in the moment for like two seconds. And yeah. you're like, back to reality, yeah. back to earth. I like your mindset, Mr. Marceau. Thank you. I like that. But... We're being joined today by someone that was at the show, at Brandon Dross on the Twitter. Brandon, how was WrestleMania weekend? Uh, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, uh, I've been to 10, I've been to 20, and uh, it's probably the best experience that I've had. Not the best card, but the best experience I've had at WrestleMania weekend. So you were at WrestleMania, you were at TakeOver, and you were at JR show as well? No, no, I didn't go to TakeOver. Uh, my lineup consisted of leaving San Antonio at 5 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, getting to uh, Evolve 59 mm-hmm. uh, at 12, and then we went to, um, as soon as that, that show was over about 2.30, which is probably the card of the weekend, I can describe that later if you want me to, um, and then we got, uh, then, then I went to Ring of Honor at the WrestleCon Hotel, um, and that ended up, and then we got three Hall of Fame tickets from some, some guy who was really drunk and had his kids with him, so he gave us that, um, and then we finished off with the, the JR Comedy Show, which started about 12 o'clock, and at about 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning with uh, some special guests and uh, a lot of booze flowing. So how was the, uh, on Saturday, how was the Hall of Fame and JR show in a nutshell? Um, the, the Hall of Fame, uh, it's good to watch on TV when you're not like, when you're not set on it and maybe to watch, you know, to watch bits and pieces, but it's a very long show. Um, there were some kids that were getting restless. Um, I wouldn't do it again. Uh, that's, that's personally me. Um, Freebirds took almost over an hour. I don't know if you watched it on TV live, but yeah. it took almost over an hour. They, they talked to commercial breaks. Freebirds were wrestling gods, but um, and I know they gave them a lot of time for Dallas, but like Jacqueline got like five minutes. You know, uh, <laughs> they got like 20. You know, so, you know, uh, it was very Freebirds dominated, um, uh, but just wasn't something I'd probably attend again. Now, even like you said, I mean, being there in attendance, I can only imagine, because watching at home, and RJ, you were, we were talking about this on Saturday, like how draining of an experience it is. It starts at 8, and that's not even counting the red carpet. The red carpet's at 7. The Hall of Fame itself is from 8, and it went to like 11.30 on Saturday. Three and a half yeah, hours. Yeah. And it's unlike a wrestling show. Like, you go to Raw, that's draining. You're sitting there for three and a half, four hours. But at least you're getting up, and you're cheering, you're going crazy, whatever. At a Hall of Fame, you're sitting there and standing up and clapping every five minutes or whatever for three and a half hours. I mean, it's cool, like you said, to see all these people live, staying, the Freebirds, Jacqueline, so on and so forth. I was kind of disappointed towards the end, though, because like you said, the Freebirds went an hour. They had a pretty good speech. They had a great speech, long overdue. That's fine. But then staying kind of left me wanting more. It only went like five, ten minutes, it felt like, you know. Uh, I felt like they could have done a lot more of Sting. So what are your thoughts, by the way, before we get into WrestleMania and Sting on uh, Sting's retirement? Um... I kind of, I kind of figured it was coming. Um, you know, uh, Jr. talked about it at the show. He thinks, uh, he thinks if, uh, if worst comes to worst, and they need a big draw for SummerSlam or Royal Rumble, we can see Sting on the card um, in a very small row. Um, and Jr. went to that extensively. Um, and I guess I forgot to talk about it. Um, the the Jr. comedy show was great. Uh, a lot of Q and A, but there's a lot of drunkness going on. Um, a lot, a lot of. Like, I've been to wrestling cards before. You know, I take, you know, I take part in the alcohol, but I don't get drunk because that's just stupid because you're wasting your money. Yeah. Um, but he, he kind of went off on, there was uh, some drunk guys there, uh, and it's a, it was a very small setting, and uh, they were chanting, this is awesome, this is awesome. And JR, there was a guy who bought JR and RBD probably about three shots a piece, and he shot for like 15, 16 bucks a piece. I paid $12 for a beer. 
So he paid about, he's got this guy took a blow in the shot. Um, RBD came out as a special guest. Um, he was, looked like he was a little, uh, four two zero, if you know what I mean. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, and, um, there was just some guy shit, this is awesome. And here I just went in this whole big five, ten minute rant about how this is awesome, it's ruining the business, and how we need to stop as wrestling fans and stop taking away from the show. He had some really good pointers, um, a lot of good Q&A. Um, unfortunately, but he said it was so late at night, um, it, I guess it was over about one 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 thirty one forty five. Uh, he couldn't do, uh, he couldn't meet everybody one-on-one, but he did say if somebody wanted to pay for a VIP package, if they wanted to compensate him for his time, which was kind of, uh, can I, can I curse on the show or no? No, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's kind of dicky for him to come and say, like, uh, well, if you want to pay me for my time, I'll hang around and take a picture and sign autographs. Um, so that was kind of, that was kind of messed up. Um, yeah. but he, you know, he, 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 you know, but it was a late show, you know, he said he was there all day. Um, so yeah, but, um, you know, going back to Sting, you know, uh, he, he said that, you know, um, they need a big draw, SummerSlam or Royal Rumble to kind of get the subscriber count up um, for a free month. He said he can definitely see Sting coming back. So he, he didn't say it was set in stone, uh, but the way Sting made it seem, I think I think Sting's done. Yeah, based off the way that he said it, too, he said, this is not goodbye forever just for now or I'll see you later or something like that at the end of the speech. So, I mean, there's always that door open for, you know, if you wanted to return. He said a couple weeks ago, too, I mean, it was rumored that he was retiring. So it wasn't too, like, shocking when he made the announcement on Saturday, but... Oh uh, yeah, the JR show sounds sweet. You know, I would want to attend those if they ever came to like if they did one SummerSlam weekend. Um, I would love to do one of those in Brooklyn. So hopefully they have those in the area. But you were at WrestleMania on Sunday, uh, the kickoff show. Were you in attendance for Kalisto and Ryback, or were you still getting in the building at that uh, point? I was still in the building because uh, people were trying to pay eighty dollars for parking, and I parked for free. Um, you know, so I was uh, I was trying to avoid that mess. Uh, but no, I, I got in right at the end of the Bellas and uh, Team Bad and Milan. Um, and uh, you know, at the time. It's probably about seventy percent full. Um, the 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 crowd. I had no problem. You know, I, I think I told you on Twitter. Um, people complaining about it. People posting photos about it. I got I got into the parking lot and into my seat. Probably about fifteen minutes. And wow. that was uh, about, about a ten minute a ten minute walk up uh, up gigantic ramps. Eighteen uh, T Stadium is a beast. It's like <laughs> it's like the Brock Lesnar of uh, of stadiums. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, my legs were tired for me uh, after about five minutes of walking up those ramps. Wow, that's crazy. So, what were your thoughts on the match, Ryback and Kalisto on the kickoff show when you saw it? Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it did a job. I thought Ryback was going to win. Um, surprised that Kalisto won. It's good. Um, I guess they gave uh, you know the quote unquote indie darling uh, a, a win on the pre-show. So, I guess you know, uh, you know, so, so, so most people couldn't see who tuned in post pre-show. Um, you know, it, it was what it was. You know, short. You know, match kind of established Kalisto as you know quote unquote defending champion. Nothing, you know, nothing that I was, you know, I, I wasn't expecting much from that match. RJ, your thoughts on the match? Uh, I'd go with what Brandon said. Um, I didn't expect it to be a lot, and I didn't. It didn't really woo me or wow me. It was kind of there. I kind of the way they performed it. Kind of that's kind of what the pre-show is all about. Just trying to get people out there, trying to get the crowd into the wrestling mood, I guess. But nothing, nothing really that shot off, shot off like at me. And I was like, whoa, that was so great. I thought just. You know, just, all right, all right. Yeah, it was a good match. I thought it was good for what it was, not disappointing. But, I mean, it's not like even if they did anything super special. I mean, it's on the kickoff show for one thing. For the second thing, like everyone that was at your place watching with us, they noted barely anyone was in their seats when this match happened. Yeah. So, one, for one thing, nobody cared. Second of all, if they did anything super cool anyway, no one would have seen it. So, it was, would have been a waste. Yeah. So, I mean, it really kind of just served its purpose in being on the kickoff show. Good match. Kalisto retains. They weren't on Raw. But um, I imagine the feed's going to continue. But that was decent. So after that, Brandon, you alluded to it. Uh, Total Divas versus Team Bad and Blonde. RJ, you want to kick it off here? Your thoughts on the match? 
bad match. Um, no pun intended. No pun. No, exactly. No pun intended. Uh, just very sloppy. Just like any other five women tag matches, sloppy. Um, it was pretty much Paige and Emma the whole time. They kind of let the good workers kind of stay in. Then once everyone came in, it got became a huge cluster, missing spots, botching moves. It was, it was a nightmare. Uh, thank God it was over with. Great to see Brie Bella win. It's quote unquote her last match, so it was good to see her win. But it was nowhere close to where the other divas or women's wrestling match was later on. Oh, game. that goes without saying. Yeah. Absolutely. But it was a cluster. Folks. It was a total cluster. I think it was rightfully slotted on the kickoff show for one thing. They got over the show. They plugged the show. It was a nice little send-off for Brie. She got the win. She wasn't on Raw. They didn't acknowledge the retirement on Raw. They acknowledged it like on their Twitter right after the match ended. I think Daniel Bryan posted something on his social media pages. So I assume that she's done. Yeah. But from what I read today, they're making it a Total Divas um, centric storyline. Like they're going to be focusing it only on Total Divas. So I guess we'll see. It's not like it really matters much anyway. But um, they give her a send-off. Fine match. The match was whatever, but I uh, can't really complain because it was not really a good match. But, uh, Brandon, any thoughts on the uh, 10 Diva Tag Team match? Uh, I don't know if you're done that. Big sinker. Uh, nobody cared. I was getting video at this moment and getting some nachos. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, uh, I came back and he was coming out uh, for, for Brady. It was what it was. Like you and RJ said, just big cluster. Just total cluster. Like you said, if it was on the one thing, the, the biggest takeaway from this match was that I was appreciative that it was on the kickoff show. Like we could have easily got this on the main show, like we haven't last in, in like you know recent years. They could have given us this instead of the great match that we got instead. So I was at least thankful for that. Um, but speaking of the women, we had a new WWE Women's Championship unveiled by WWE Hall of Famer Lita right after this. We'll talk about the match in a little bit. But uh, we have a new women's championship that had been rumored for a couple days, dating back to Wednesday or Thursday of last week. Finally came to fruition at WrestleMania, and this has been a long time coming. So, Brandon, your thoughts on the unveiling of the new WWE Women's Championship? Well, I love it. I, I, I think I think it looks better than the the, the, the World Heavyweight Championship. It's great. White belt. I'm, I'm a big fan for non-black belts. Mm-hmm. The red background was real good. That would be red. I, I think it's probably the best looking uh, best looking belt in, in wrestling. I like it. I like the belt a lot. And if anything else, if anything, if anyone complains about the design of the belt, it's better than the butterfly belt. It's anything, like anything is better than that piece of trash. Anything more over than anything else. But um, I figured that was going to happen on Raw. We were talking about this last week, RJ, that I figured it was going to happen on Raw. But I like the fact that it happened at WrestleMania because the triple threat match then deemed it would, it would, you know, crown the inaugural women's champion as opposed to on Raw. So I thought that was really cool. But, um, no, I love the belt. I think it's a really cool belt. Like Brandon said, I think the white strap is awesome. And uh, long time coming, like I said. So, RJ, your thoughts on the belt? Ditto everything you guys just said. Um, nice belt. I like it. You said the white strap's really unique. And it's not, not a lot of titles have that. It's different than the black belt. And I like the red, like, background behind the W that's in the middle. Like I said, it's a very sharp-looking belt. And then, like, it's better than – I think it's better than World Heavyweight, too. I like it. It's nice. It fits them perfectly. It's a nice-looking belt. And it makes it feel prestigious because yes. it's essentially the WWE title in women's form with yeah. a white strap, you know, with women's champion at the bottom of it. So I think it's great. Uh, and that should be a huge merchandise seller for, like, the website and stuff. So back to matches we don't really care about. Usos, Dudley Boys, RJ, your two cents. It matches exactly how I thought it'd be. Typical Raw match, nothing too exciting. After the match, Usos threw them through the tables. No one really cared. Well, they booed the Usos, but um, nothing major. 
that was pretty much it. I didn't hate the match, but it went five minutes. They did what they could in five minutes. Usos won clean and then put the Dudley Boys to the table afterwards, like you said. Didn't really serve much of a purpose. It set up the tables match the next night on Raw, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but the match was just kind of there. So, Brendan, any uh, on-site perspective for the match between the Usos and Dudley Boys? Those boos were loud. Um, <laughs> I know, um, from what I hear, I, I, you know, I had, the only thing I rewatched um, when I came back was the Stone Cold Pop, which I can get, I can get into that uh, in a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the boos are loud. Um, I'm pretty sure they were drowned out on, on television um, with a seven or ten second delay. But, yeah, it just, like you guys said, five minutes. Glorified Raw match, like you said. So it belonged in the kickoff show. We got that over with. Down to the main card now. Kicking off the event for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Seven-man ladder match. Zack Ryder, Miz, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Sin Cara, Stardust, and Dolph Ziggler. All vying for the IC title. Really, really good match. I was hoping they would switch up the formula from last year. Because um, last year they kicked off the show with the IC title ladder match too. They went the same formula as last year. Whatever. But um, it's still a great match. I think it actually took away from Jericho Styles if they kicked out the show with that, then did the ladder match, because people are going to care about the ladder match regardless. It's a fucking ladder match, you know? But I feel like with Y2AJ, uh, with that match, it was a great match, but I feel like the crowd would have been more into it if it didn't take place right after the ladder match, which we'll talk we'll talk about that match in a second. But as far as this match goes, awesome stuff, start to finish. All seven superstars got in their shiny moments and all their you know signature moves or whatever. Um, in the end, Owens and Zayn, they got knocked out of the equation. Miz was about to win. Ryder knocks him off. New Intercontinental Champion. Longer the champion after Raw this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But Zack Ryder at WrestleMania becoming the Intercontinental Champion in a seven-man ladder match. So, RJ, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on the ladder match at WrestleMania. The match, I really liked. The match was really good. Like you said, it's pretty much similar to last year's WrestleMania. Like, all those guys got their signature moves, their finishers in, their... Five seconds of fame, you know, they all did that. The finish, fucking hated it. Um, <laughs> don't like Zack Ryder. Don't like The Miz. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just didn't care for it at all. I'm a big Kevin Owens guy, and seeing him lose at, Rus- at KO Mania just, just hurt me down down inside. Kinda I know it was going to kill you inside. Put, put a nose down for the rest of the night. I'm sure it was going to kill you on the inside. But on the other end of things, I loved it. Thought it was great. <laughs> Love Zack Ryder, so I was really happy to see his moment, you know, see him get his moment. So, Brandon, what was your reaction to the Long Island IC getting his uh, WrestleMania moment? Were people shocked? Obviously, but what was the reaction? Uh, yeah, it was, it, it was huge. Um, and uh, I know you being a big Miz fan as well as my buddies, mm-hmm. um, there, there was a lot of Miz love in the upper deck. Uh, really? A lot of people were thinking, a lot, a lot of Miz love. Wow. Uh, he came out and people were doing the Miz thing. Um, Sammy came out and he had the whole place rocking with his chants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard to, to tell you the environment of these chants and, uh, and the pops because the place is gigantic. Like I said, it's the Brock Lesnar of, of, of stadiums. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think that you know that, that didn't show as much on television. But when when, when Ryder won, uh, I was shocked. Um, you know, it was hard to see the action in the ring, so we had to watch a lot of it on the, on the big screen. Um, but yeah, when Ryder won, the place went nuts. Um, I don't know how it came across on TV. Um, but um, I was shocked. I and I kind of thought something was going to happen the next night, um, and you know, like you're going to get back into that later. But you know, it was you know, it, it, it was a good feeling for him. You know, maybe it was just a WrestleMania moment thing. Um, you know, which you know would, would be better than you know, no, nobody's going to remember him losing the belt the next night. They're going to remember that 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 win. You know, ten years down the line. Exactly. After all the shit this guy's been put through the last. Five or six years, I thought it was a very deserving WrestleMania moment. The match itself was great. Like I said, everyone 
worked their hardest, delivered a great opener, kicked off the night on a very on a high note, and also at the same time, I think it set a precedent for the rest of the show to not believe, like not to believe all the predictable outcomes. Although the, all the main events were predictable, I thought it kind of set a precedent that anything can happen at WrestleMania. If Zack Ryder can become Intercontinental Champion, anything can happen. That was the case with the next contest too. AJ Styles and Chris Jericho Part 4, another great match. My personal favorite match in the series so far. Um, really good stuff start to finish. In the end, Jericho catching Styles with the code breaker out of nowhere. Picking up the victory. The surprise win for uh, Y2J. I didn't think AJ got buried or anything. I mean, he won the next night on Raw. So we'll talk about that later. So I wasn't really... I would have wanted to see AJ win. I thought the match was entertaining enough where it didn't really matter. Um, he lost nothing in defeat. Jericho hasn't won at WrestleMania in like six years or something like that. So I really had no problem with it whatsoever. But uh, Brandon, your thoughts on the match? And were, was the crowd as dead in the arena as they were on TV. I mean, it wasn't silent, but it seemed like they weren't as into the match as they probably should have been. Yeah, there was a lot of, oh, shit, uh, talk, like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, uh, Vince screwed over AJ. You know, it was a really good match. Um, you know, I you know, I, I thought it could have gone a little bit longer. Um, you know, like you said, Jericho hasn't had a win in a very long time. Um, I think this kind of made AJ Styles a, a more household name in front of a lot of people who probably haven't seen him before because, you know, you know, I don't know the, the the numbers for Rumble or you know, and obviously the Raw's been down um, compared to uh, you know other 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 shows. But um, I think this this is a good showing for people who saw him for the first time. Um, and you know, I don't think it really hurt him. Um, so some people feel differently. No, definitely. The match got a lot of time too. It went longer than most matches on the show. It got like 17 minutes or something like that. So I thought they made the most of the time they were given. Great match, and uh, AJ lost nothing. Like you said, I think it was really more about win or lose establishing him as a household name on the WrestleMania stage because there's a lot of people that don't watch Raw or the other pay-per-views, like you said. They only tune in for WrestleMania, so who's this AJ guy? They got introduced to him on Sunday night, the phenomenal one, uh, even in defeat looking strong. So AJ, or rather RJ, my apologies, uh, your thoughts on the match? I thought the match was really good. Um, like you said, you, you thought it was your favorite of the four installments, but I don't know. I feel like they've all been good. They they all like, kind of like blend in for me. Like Not one really sticks out. This one was probably... Had more time and bigger spots, but like I said, they all kind of blend in for me. But I thought it was a really good match. Um, I was disappointed that AJ Styles lost, but like you said, looked good in defeat and came out on Raw, looked good. And like you said, they kind of just want to get his name out there more than it already is. I think a win would have been better, but I'm not booking the show or paying the wrestlers, so I just watched the TV show. You enjoyed the match? I enjoyed the match. That was really good. And I think that was probably one of the last matches that I really enjoyed. Oh, okay. So we'll get into that next. The next match, we had six-man tag team action. Changed from a tag team title match to handicapped to six-man. No one really fucking cared anyway, so it's not like it really mattered. Uh, New Day versus League of Nations. I think the only person who didn't wrestle was Del Rio, right? But Barrett. Barrett didn't wrestle. Yeah. Okay. So um, those are the teams. League of Nations won. Um, the only real highlights from this thing was the New Day's entrance, which was awesome. Coming out was the Dragon Ball Z characters and the giant box of bootios. That was great. And, of course, afterwards, which we got to get into now, Shawn Michaels' music hits in Texas. They go nuts. Out comes Mick Foley, followed up. And then the pop of the night, like Brandon said, not even fucking close. Stone Cold Steve Austin takes the roof off of AT&T Stadium with one of the biggest pops that I've heard in a long time. And that says a lot, too. The, the stadium is huge. But it seems like, you know, chants and pops and stuff kind of get lost in translation in big arenas because the arena is so big that, you know, if it, there's a big pop or something, it kind of seems drained out or whatever. This was not the case for that whatsoever. Place went came, it, it went nuts. The place went fucking crazy. And we'll talk about it right now. But, uh, RG, your thoughts on the match itself? 
But the match itself was something we've seen before. You know, they've had like three or four encounters on Raw, Roadblock. They've switched who's been in the matches. They've all intertwined together. And I didn't think there was anything different than their Raw matches or their match at Roadblock. Kind of just, like I said, blended together like the other ones. It wasn't really exciting. We kind of figured once the titles were taken off that League of Nations would win. They won. Um, leading into the post, post-match, uh, it's um, it's more logical than anything, but like they're coming out with the greatest, no one can beat us. But you've been lost to New Day like a hundred times. We're the toughest guys ever, which made no sense. It was cool to see Shawn Michaels, Mick Foley, and Stone Cold come out and you know beat them up. But like, why would Shawn Michaels comes out of retirement to beat up the New uh, League of Nations after? I guess I, I guess I know they're capitalizing off them being from Texas, but I think it was kind of like it was just something just a big surprise. It was nothing like earth shattering like they should have focused more on the match and what was coming on after it was really the only saving grace yeah. this thing they were trying to uh, save face after the match it's not like they were expecting a huge match and it failed you know failed miserably the match sucked i mean yeah. it's not like it was bad just no one fucking cared you know it was like a raw match basically um but and it made no sense yeah. it's not like any of those men had history with the new day or the league of nations <laughs> or anybody you know we'll talk about the end of the show too and as a whole at wrestlemania they were moments there were nothing that was going to carry over to raw the next night it was just to kind of take away from what we just saw from the six-man tag team match because it made because no one really cared. So they tried to bring the crowd back to life with these uh, returns. So Brandon, your thoughts on the match, the Budio's entrance, what was the reaction to that, and of course the Stone Cold Pop. Um, the match, you know, it was cool to see the Budio thing. Um, that place was loud when when they, when uh, the day came out. Um, the match was kind of you know I was kind of in and out of in, kind of in and out of like staring off you know almost at that almost at the point where you know he's kind of kind of get up and stretch. And then, um, and then once once Stone Cold came out, you know, uh, it, 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 it was thirty times more. It was twenty times more pop than than, than that, that January '99 Mankind winning the title pop. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, seriously, I I, I I really don't believe I'm saying this, but I felt the ground shake. He came out, and that place went fucking nuts. <laughs> I mean, like I've never ever seen pop like this before. Like everybody, people chips knocking beers with each other. Uh, it, it was it was it was probably I got goosebumps. Like I legitimately got goosebumps on that on that pop. That yeah. was the best. That was probably the best part of WrestleMania. I think it had to be the biggest reaction by far, obviously, but just the moment itself, crazy. And we all knew Austin was going to be involved in WrestleMania in some form or fashion. We just had no idea in what match or whatever. Um, I feel like this was. Uh, I mean, you can even make the argument that they could have done more with Austin, considering he was from Texas. But I feel like we've seen the whole special guest referee thing a million times before, especially at WrestleMania, especially with Stone Cold and, and uh, Shawn Michaels. We've seen it a bunch of times before. So I'm glad they didn't go that route. But what we got instead, seeing him at all was great. It was better than a backstage segment because if it was a backstage segment, then we wouldn't have gotten this great pop. So the moment itself, amazing, meant nothing long-term, like we said. But as a moment and for the crowd and for us watching at home, it was great. Um, so after that, we had Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar going on pretty early, or at least earlier than I thought. No holds barred street fight. I mean, very a lot of varying opinions on this. RJ, I know you're on one side of the fence. I'm on the other. Um, I'll go first here. I thought it was a good match. Not great or anything, but I will acknowledge it wasn't what it could have been. They only got 12 minutes. Like I said, <clears throat> AJ and uh, Jericho got 17. These guys got a fraction of that. Um, Lesnar beat the shit out of him pretty much the entire time. It wasn't the case of what I thought it was going to do with like, you know, a la Austin and uh, Bret Hart, WrestleMania 13, where Austin loses, yet looks strong in defeat. 
we didn't really get that at all. It was like a glorified street fight that went 12 minutes and Lesnar beating the shit out of Dean Ambrose. Basically, what the build, the build reflected the match, which is good, I guess, and it wasn't inconsistent, but Ambrose didn't really have that you know, show-stealing performance or that breakout performance I thought he would that would solidify him as a star. He wasn't on Raw the next night. I have no idea where he goes from here. Like I said, I didn't hate the match. I just didn't really think it, left up, it lived up to the lofty expectations I set for it. And uh, RJ, what were your two cents on it? I didn't, I didn't hate the match. I just thought thought this. We were talking about this last week. We thought this would be the match. It's still the show. Be a great match. We wanted to remember. And I think it, it happened. What happened. And now looking, it's just one of those matches that I probably won't remember. It wasn't like you said. It was a, pretty much a glorified squash match. Um, nothing really street fight really. Like they had the chairs and like the extra extra weapons but like no they didn't go in the crowd they didn't go backstage they didn't go anywhere they just stayed pretty much in the ring and lesnar suplexed them 13 times or 12 times hit him with one f5 and pinned him one two three in 12 minutes um i think the issue with this match was just how good it should have been and then just how underwhelming it actually was yeah I think even long-term, again, speaking about, we'll talk about this at the end of the show, but I feel like it really didn't do anything for anyone involved. Ambrose is going to be here the next, I mean, he wasn't there the next day, but he's here every week. Didn't do anything for him. He's not a loser, but it kind of solidifies the belief that he's a B-plus player, you know, which he's not. That's what the shirt says. Yeah, exactly. But the guy should be a main event star, and he's not coming out of that match. And even more so than that, I'm glad Brock Lesnar is still technically undefeated, hasn't been pinned or submitted since WrestleMania 29. But then when you look at it, what's really next for Brock Lesnar? Does he go back after the championship? He lost the title match at the Royal Rumble, and he failed to become the number one contender at Fastlane. Um, and he won't be back, presumably, in, until at least midsummer or June or whatever. So I don't know what else you really do with Brock Lesnar going forward. I mean, I'm glad he won, but he doesn't really have an immediate motive in the, in the, you know, in the near future. Maybe Paul Heyman can come out and say something like he wants a championship back. He was fucked out of it at... You know, Rumble or Fastlane, and he wants to take out the Wyatts, which would make no sense because now they're babyface, apparently. It's, it's very convoluted. But, uh, Brandon, your thoughts on the match between Ambrose and Lesnar? Was it a disappointment for you? Uh, it was okay. Uh, I was expecting it to go a lot longer, like everybody said. Um, this actually started the, the chain of uh, preemptions for what um, the WWE wanted you to chant. Um, from the first suplex to the last of the suplexes, they had a suplex count on the screen. So they, everybody, everybody, so they had everybody chant one, and then two, and like as soon as the suplex would happen, you would chant that. So it's kind of like a, kind of like you're watching a sitcom, and they want you to applause. Um, and uh, you know, so that was kind of that kind of took away a lot of the effect because um, everybody started chanting when it was prompted. Uh, you didn't get the, the generic, uh, I mean, the organic uh, chance to it. Um, you know, uh, like you said, they didn't go backstage. They didn't go crazy. They could have. They could have done that, especially in that place. Maybe go to Jerry, like Jerry Jones's locker room or something, but nothing, nothing. Nothing crazy. Nothing. Nothing really exciting. It was what it was. Um, I, you know, I thought I thought Dean would have a little more uh, more offense. It was very much like the CM Punk Brock Lesnar match from uh, SummerSlam a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just felt like there's so much more they could have done with it, especially in that stadium. Like you said, I feel like even the weapons they used, they used the steel chair. Signapore Kane, I think. He pulled out the chainsaw, but it didn't work. Use the fire extinguisher. Use the fire extinguisher. What was the other a weapon? Bell. A barbed wire bat, but it didn't he didn't hit it, no. it, right? No, he just tried to use it. A belt. So I mean they were really it was better than just a chair or something, but it felt like like you said, Brandon, they could have done a lot more with what they had. I mean, again, it goes back to I think Tom, we were talking about this a while ago, but it's like 
they give these guys the nicknames, I'm the future, I'm the architect, I'm the big dog. I mean, not, that's not really a good example, but I'm talking about like lunatic fringe. What makes Ambrose a lunatic other than he has like weird facial expressions? I mean, that's good <laughs> and all, but I mean, what does he really do? What has he done that makes him a lunatic, you know? If he lit himself on fire or something like a la McFoley, that would make sense. I could see why you're a lunatic. But other than, you know, sticking his tongue out and making weird faces, he's not really a lunatic. So that's why I question opportunities like this. I was just watching Extreme Rules 2015 for whatever reason earlier today. And that remember that Chicago street fight with Luke Harper? And yep. they went out and they, like, drove a car somewhere? Yep. And they came back and they showed none of the footage of when they were, like, where they were. Like, what makes him a lunatic? He's great. I love Dean Ambrose. He's an awesome talent. But he doesn't really live up to the moniker that's bestowed upon him. And maybe that changes when he goes heel. I have no idea. But just based off this match, he seems like he's on the cusp of greatness and then he's just never going to get to that certain point. I'm not saying he's never going to become a world champion, but and that's kind of, you know, talking prematurely, this is one match. But it seems like every single time they have him coming close to that one spot. Like with Rollins, he looked like he was on his level for a little while. Same thing with Roman Reigns, but he always falls short and is always cemented a notch below whoever he's facing, whether it be Brock Lesnar, Rollins, John Cena, Roman Reigns. He's always going to be, or at least in the interim, a B-plus player. So we'll see how that plays out. I have no idea what's next for him because he wasn't on Raw, which is weird because he got put through a ladder a year ago. He got killed by Luke Harper at WrestleMania 31, and then this year... He was nowhere to be seen. Like, he, got, he took a couple, not a couple, he took like 10 suplexes at WrestleMania, but that was enough to get him off Raw. Whereas last year he got killed by Luke Harper and he was off the, he was off, he wrestled that night against John Cena, remember? But anyway, um, th- those are my two cents on that match. Good match, but it could have been a lot more than what it was. Um, so after that, in my personal opinion, match of the night, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, triple threat match of the WWE Women's Championship. I almost said the Divas title there for a second. Amazing match. Before I go any further, Brandon, your thoughts on the triple threat match, and was it indeed the match of the night for you? Yeah, um, like I was telling people earlier, uh, the, Sasha, the Sasha pop was probably the second biggest pop of the night. Um, the Snoop Dogg thing kind of killed it, but it was kind of cool. Um, it was it was definitely a match tonight. A lot of Sasha fans there, um, and when uh, when she when she lost, uh, there was a lot of just love people. Um, I even saw I even saw two people take off uh, who were all decked out in Sasha gear. Uh, glasses, the, the, the wigs, everything. They, put, they they didn't come back to their seats. They, wow. they left and they went down somewhere else. But they were very upset about it. And they were very they were cursed and they were very vocal about it. Um, that was probably the biggest disappointment of WrestleMania. Um, but um, you know it was it was a great match. Probably one of the best biggest matches we've seen. Um, I prefer to see Charlotte and uh, not, not to get Becky, but she doesn't really get to do anything for me. I don't see her as like a star. You know, I see her as like a you know, uh, I don't know, like a Jacqueline kind of thing, like a, like a, you know, I don't see her like, you know, being the star. You know, I see her being like a leader to Trish kind of thing, you know, and um, I think once them two have a single match together, we're going to see what Sasha and Charlotte can really do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to when that day comes. They feel like they might save that for SummerSlam at this point because it looks like they're going with Charlotte and Talia based off what we saw in Raw last night. They might do Charlotte and Sasha at, uh, at SummerSlam, hopefully. But um, I liked it. I mean, I was also hoping, we talked about it here on the show back in August with John, that I was really hoping for Charlotte Sasha at WrestleMania one-on-one. But that was before Becky kind of got organically over and she really made herself into what she is now, one of the top babyfaces in, in the division. And I feel like it added to the match because I feel like if we had a one-on-one match, it still would have been a great match and Sasha and Charlotte have had a million matches together and they're always great. But I feel like adding Becky to that equation made it, you know, always exciting. There wasn't really a dull moment. They all had their moments to shine. Becky... Nearly had Charlotte tapped out at one point. Charlotte with her amazing moonsault off the top rope, which was fucking insane. She's super athletic. And then uh, Banks almost had Charlotte tapped out too with her with the boss or with the Banks statement. Sorry. So 
Great match, like I said, not even really a dull moment. For me, match of the night. Brandon, you said one of the best matches, one of the best Divas matches, women's matches in recent memory. I'll go so far to say the best women's match of all time. In WWE, on the main roster, um, not including NXT here, but I feel like on the main roster, I have no idea what else comes close. And I'm also including Trish and Lita here, too. They had a very storied rivalry for almost six years, but their matches were really good or good. They were never as amazing as I feel like this match was. And maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion, but I feel like the entrances, like you said, Sasha is a fucking star based off, of, uh, off the entrance that she had. Becky had a good entrance. I love Charlotte's entrance with the Ric Flair row from WrestleMania 24. Everything about this match. And I wasn't even mad that Charlotte retained because I feel like you now have fresh opponents and Italian and a few others. Bailey, when she gets called up and she's going to continue to build, be built up as this lead heel of the division. And, uh, you know, Sasha and Becky will have their chance at some point. So, RJ, your thoughts on the match? I know you are quite the opposite. You're a huge last kicker fan. Uh, your thoughts on her performance, the entrances, and the match itself, and the outcome? Uh, I thought all three of them had very good entrances. Um, the Snoop Dogg kind of killed it for me. Like, get the hell out of here. The, the spotlight's not on you, buddy. Go. You shouldn't even be in the Hall of Fame, but get the hell off the stage. Like, you took it all away from song. Like, I only mind if that other girl was on there singing the song, but Snoop Dogg, like, come on, buddy. Like, that's just like, look at the attention, look at me. Like, taking the spotlight away from Sasha. But um, I thought the match was really good. Like you said, they all had their... Their spots. Um, Sasha hit the frog splash that had the worst camera angle of all time. Um, Charlotte hit the moonsault. Becky hit the drop kick, like the electric chair drop kick. That was really cool. Um, they all had like that one moment, like oh my god, they might win. Um, the finish I thought was awful. I hated the finish. Um, why the hell at WrestleMania you're gonna have Ric Flair interfere again and cost someone else the championship? It's such something they don't do at WrestleMania. It's supposed to culminate with the babyface getting past the heel but you know WWE want to throw a surprise out there so they had Charlotte retain which I thought was so stupid um they should have at least Sasha win it you know crown the new face of the women's division and I don't even know why Ric Flair was even out there they, for how much interference he's had over the last couple of months they should have banned him from the ringside it would have made it better I think the ending kind of just the match was amazing but the ending Ruined it for me, honestly. Um, even if Charlotte just won, just won clean, it would have been way better than Ric Flair interfering. And I think for that reason, I just wouldn't. I liked the match a lot, but I just wouldn't go back and watch because that finish like really pissed me off. Like I said, I feel like they're heading in Italia Charlotte direction in the immediate future. But I feel like, and I love this idea on paper. Do you think at Extreme Rules, which we have payback first, and then Extreme Rules, which we're gonna be at by the way next month. Do you think we could get our first Diva Steel Cage match with Ric Flair being banned from ringside because he can't get involved? I don't know. I don't want to see Charlotte and Italia inside the cage because I feel like the history there is with Becky getting screwed over or even Sasha because she got screwed over at WrestleMania. She wasn't pinned or submitted. That was Becky. Do you think that's possible? I think that'd be really cool, but Ric Flair needs to be banned from ringside. He cannot be Well, there. that's what I mean. He would have, that's the whole but, purpose. Yeah, but then he could somehow, like, okay, the Wyatt family was banned from, or couldn't get in the cage, and they fucking jumped right over it. Well, they're not 60 like, years old. stick. They're, they're not 60 years He'll old. He'll open it with, like, clippers or something, like bolt cutters or some stupidness. Knowing them. I would hope that they wouldn't overbook <laughs> the point that, that it's a women's match, and they wouldn't do that. But, but you, you would never know. Fin- never know. Finish that steel cage like matches that. are not what they once were, basically. Yeah. But I would love to see something like that, though. Yeah, that'd be really cool, you know, steel couple, cage We match. haven't seen a steel cage women's match, I think, maybe 10 years. We've probably only seen one. I think it was like Trish and Lita or Trisha or Victoria Lita or something like that. I don't know. It was a long time ago. But I would like to see something like that. Mm-hmm. Extreme Rules, though. That's next month. Uh, but move, moving forward here before we get... What was that? I, 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 don't, I don't mean to butt in, but I was going to say, uh, but do, do people really, does, does a casual fan mm-hmm. really, really want to see Natasha 
and and Charlotte. I could, you know, if those are the things maybe like, you know, Charlotte's first, you know, one of her first two matches, we've seen it before, probably about three or four times now, between Raws and special events. And it's just one of the things, do they, do people really, really, really want to see that? You know, it's, it's like a step down for, the, uh, for Charlotte, and, and we know Natty's not going to win. I think they really need to keep, you know, keep going with, you know, with uh, uh, Becky, like a, like a single match with Becky or, or, or Sasha or a combination of them two. I just think right now putting, putting, uh, uh, Natalia, uh, Natalia is, uh, in, in, a, in a title picture. It just kind of throws WrestleMania out the window and everything that Sasha and, and Becky uh, work for, you know. And then you know what happens when Bailey comes, in, you know, three four months. I'm assuming, but then they're going to bring all of them all of them back. In fact, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It would be it, it, it would be good, you know. I wouldn't mind watching it, but we got you know, like it, it just seems like it would just kind of spit in Sasha and uh, and Becky Lynch's face. No, I agree. I feel like the story there is with Charlotte and, and Sasha, and including Becky, too. I mean, you can do another triple threat at the next pay-per-view, which isn't out of the question. They did it with Benoit, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels at Backlash 04. It was a fucking great match. He said, I think they've done Natalia and Charlotte like four times, and Charlotte... Natalia's done. Like She's never beaten Charlotte. No, so think. it's not like she should even have a chance. I like Natalia a lot. The matches are great. The roadblock match was really good, but like Brandon said, I feel like from a casual viewer's perspective... Like with Becky, I mean, I feel like at the beginning, people didn't really care to see her go after the championship, but they built her up organically over time. They're just kind of thrusting. And she had history with Charlotte, for one thing, too. Natalia, they have history, but I feel like she really hasn't been relevant in a long time. Like, she's a great wrestler, even still to this day, and she's still highly underutilized. But I would be fine with it if they did this, like Brandon said, like right after she won the title, or even, you know what, Fastlane, instead of doing Brie Bella. Why not just do the roadblock match at Fastlane, you know? I didn't mind the Brie Bella match, but that would have been a lot better if they had Natalya Charlotte at that pay-per-view and get that over with, because it feels like a filler feud. Why not go with what's organic, what with what we had at WrestleMania? Banks never really... She didn't get beat. It was Becky, so I would be fine if they went with uh, Banks and Charlotte at Payback, Extreme Rules, whatever. Um, it just feels forced. I mean, Sasha came out on Raw last night. We'll get to the Raw review later, but... She came out, she beat Summer, and that was it. I was expecting her to talk or something backstage and be like, oh, I lost last night, but my title aspirations aren't yet over. They had this great video on the YouTube channel right after WrestleMania with her fucking crying. Her crying that she lost. I mean, she was probably crying that she was she was happy that she had a match at WrestleMania, but they tr- they twisted it and said that she was sad that she lost, whatever. But um, I, I want to see that stuff on Raw. Like, the Summer Rae stuff was fine, but I mean, like, give us more mic time for, for Sasha, you know? Give us a reason to care. But I know that's kind of a... Uh, aside points, so we'll move on here. But I would love, I'm, you know, just alone. I'm excited for the future of the women's division in WWE. I feel like after the new championship, the new talent we're bound to get in the near future. Charlotte at the helm as the heel. Sasha, Becky, all the other talent that is stacked in that division right now. I'm excited to see where they go with it. Um, but right after that, we had the Hell in a Cell match for control of Monday Night Raw. And if Taker lost, he would have had to. Uh, this would have been his final WrestleMania. So Undertaker versus Shane McMahon. I thought it was a good match, not the spectacle or the show-stealing match I thought it could have been. Um, the first half was kind of just there. Um, it wasn't really that exciting of a match. But, uh, I mean, the second half, I thought they really picked up the pace. When they went outside the cell, it was great. Uh, Shane, I thought, looked way too strong, probably stronger than he should have, just because the guys, I think you said it yourself, RJ, he's like an average Joe. He's like us. You know, he's like an average person. So why would he have gotten as much offense as he did on Undertaker? Like, it felt like he got in way too much offense. I'm not saying it should have been a squash match, but I don't know. It was very strange. No interference, which was good. Not riddled with interference as you thought and as I thought too, so that was good. Um, but in the end, Shane, you know, with the moment of the night, jumping off the top of the cell, 30, 20 feet up in the air, whatever it was, 
um, crashing through the table, missing Undertaker. Taker throws him in the ring, pats him on the cheek, hits him on the tombstone, follows up with a victory. Uh, Taker is still wrestling. Shane not in charge of Raw, but he was anyway last night. We'll get to that. But uh, Brandon, your thoughts on the match last night? Who? Uh, what were your thoughts on Hell in a Cell? And the reaction to, of course, Shane's big bump? Um, I think it was the most overhyped, underwhelming match I one of the uh, WrestleMania I've ever seen. Um, I do, you know, I agree with Shane's offense because it needed to, it needed to give you that 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 thought that he was going to win. I think we all knew that Undertaker was going to win, but we all had that small little little mark in us that thought Shane was going to win. Um, you know, to give her this hardball authority angle, and you know, obviously, I'm sure we'll talk about that here coming up. Um, but um, you know, it, it was what it was. You know, we knew that Shane was going to do the big spot. I think I think almost everybody knew it was going to be from the top of the cage. Um, I like how they, how we sold it. Um, you know, um, the, the first the first half of the match was very flat. Kind of picked up towards the end. Um, just wasn't what I thought it would be. You know, I thought there'd be more of you know. I thought Shane was going to go crazy and try to like climb up. You know, just me being a, a stupid old man, Mark, so that he was going to climb up, try to climb on top of the, the screen. Maybe he did, like something, something weird, just to, to, to try to get like in on it and fail miserably. Um, but you know, um, it was what it was. You know, Undertaker was going to win. Um, I did notice, and I don't know if you noticed at home, um, that Undertaker took his gloves off um, at the end of the match when he was uh, when he was leaving. Um, you guys think that means a symbol of I'm done, or do you think it's just um, am I thinking too much into that? I heard people talk about that afterwards. I heard a lot of speculation in regards to what this means for Taker going forward and that this was his last WrestleMania. Apparently he was telling people this was his last WrestleMania. At the same time, I feel like we've heard this before. Like every single year around WrestleMania season, no, Taker's done, he's not coming back. Comes back anyway. So, I don't know. I feel like it could be a sign that he's done. But at the same time, it would make... I mean, I'm glad he won. I feel like... I I don't think Shane should have been the one to put 2 and 22 and 2. But... The whole thing was that if Taker lost, he would have had to retire, and Shane was in charge of Raw. So let's say Taker had he retired technically on on Sunday night, and last that was his last match. So Taker wins, yet he's done anyway, and Shane lost, yet he was in charge of Raw anyway the next night. Like it makes zero sense. So for his sake, I hope for you know for the storyline's sake, I hope he's not done, and I feel like he does have a couple more matches left in him, whether it be at SummerSlam or whatever. Um, I feel like this it was not his last match. I mean, it could be a sign that he is. Uh, that he is indeed done, but um, I guess we'll have to wait and see because we get the same thing every single year. But I feel like they do, they definitely do want to do that match with John Cena, whether it be at WrestleMania next year or SummerSlam. That's a match I would love to see. Um, RJ, your thoughts on the match? Was it a disappointment? What was it for you? I thought, uh, I thought the match. I want to say it's a disappointment because I feel like I didn't think it was going to be that good, anyways. Like Brand said, I thought it was going to be really overrated and overhyped because it really was. They showed like 20 video packages every show of Raw SmackDown. Superstars main event, you know, they kept showing the promo for this match. And the beginning of the match, until the cage was a legit open, the match to me was really boring, really flat, nothing major. Um, Shane did get a lot of offense in. I was very surprised by that. Like I said, it looked like he had undertaken the Gogo Plata or Hell's Gate. And I'm like, how the hell can this old, this old guy that's just as same, like, like just an average guy holding down the Undertaker, which is kind of weird. Um, you knew the spot was coming. Um, it was really cool. I see him jump out the cage, but I don't think it's as like it's not like he did something different than he's ever done before. Jumping off the Titantron, and I don't know. I think that's even higher than the cage. But you know, like, like I said, he had that one moment, and then him losing and Undertaker taking the gloves off. But um, I don't think it was as underwhelming as Lesnar and Ambrose because I didn't have a lot stake in the match. I was hoping Shane won, but in the back of my mind, I knew Undertaker would probably win. But 
I was expecting Ambrose and Lesnar to be a lot better, so that was why it was more underwhelming to me. But like, it's not like a match. I, I'm gonna go watch, go back and watch Undertaker and Shane because I just don't think it was that good at all. Do you think Taker's done? No. See you the next year. Next year or before that? Uh, it's, whew, I'd say next year. Do you think he comes back before then or yeah. no? Yeah. I feel like he's wrestling a more regular schedule now. Not because only just they need him for roster depth, but uh, I feel like he's in as good of a shape as he's ever been. And so I feel like if he's healthy enough and he's fine after Sunday, and he didn't take any big bumps like Shane did, so I feel like he'll be fine. He, we could see him as soon as SummerSlam. We'll have to wait and see. Um, after that, so The Rock comes out. He was advertised for an appearance. He comes out. The Dallas Cowgirls or Cowboys or cheerleaders, that's what yeah. it was. Cowboy, uh, Cowboys, cheerleaders. So he comes out, puts fire, you know, uh, puts the thing on fire that says his name on it, whatever. Uh, so I thought that was kind of pointless. So he comes out to the ring, and uh, he announces the attendance of over 100,000. Apparently they were closer to 97,000 or something in there, which is not shocking, but still the largest crowd of all time, which is huge moment, huge accomplishment. So that was awesome. Um, I was kind of be kind of disappointed or let down if that was all that he did. Thankfully, it wasn't. The Wyatt family comes out. We got to talk about this. This is very, very back and forth. They've had people texting me and talking to me about two different things. So we'll talk about it now. But anyway, the Wyatt family comes out and uh, saying, this is my WrestleMania moment, Rock. This is my WrestleMania moment. Uh, you're the eater of Hot Pockets. Your, family, your mother and father are related. Um, you look like you were breastfeeding since you were 25 years old. The Braun Strowman, like all these one-liners, all these classic rock one-liners. Not shocking at all. Um, funny if you found them funny. I thought it was funny. I didn't think it was necessary, but I thought it was funny. So they're about to attack Rock. Or uh, No, even before that, Rock says, we're going to make history. I want to have a fight tonight. Takes off his clothes. He's wearing his gear. Has a six-second match with Eric Rowe in the shortest WrestleMania match of all time. Um, before they can attack him, out comes John Cena, making his first WWE appearance in nearly three months. He comes out to the aid of The Rock. They clear the ring and celebrate to end the segment. So very controversial segment, like I said. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not going to say it's segment of the year. I thought it was good for what it was. In terms of the Wyatt family, these guys are just done. I mean, they turned babyface and raw, apparently. Um, we'll talk about that soon, and I, don't, I guess we'll have to wait and see if, see in that, to see if it's official or not, but... The fact that they were verbally buried by The Rock at WrestleMania doesn't bother me just because if they did that two or three years ago when they were at their hottest, I would have been pissed. But they haven't meant anything in months. In months, they haven't meant anything. They lost a Ryback, Big Show, and Kane at Fastlane. After that happened, I stopped caring about what happened to these guys. So um, I wasn't as distraught about this as many people were, but... I'll get your guys' thoughts on it first. Brandon, uh, your thoughts on the segment, the return on John Cena, the reaction to it, uh, your thoughts and everything that went down here. Okay, uh, well, when Rock first came out, I thought he was going to shoot T-shirts at the crowd. That's what we thought, and, too, uh, yeah. Oh, man, this is, I, I saw that gun, and then, but then he started doing the Rock. And, you know, I, thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty cool for what it was. Um, you know, then the, wife, then the wives came out, and um, I, don't, I, I don't know if you got my, my tweets. Cause, uh, the, the, the Fireflies, ready, yeah. But um, I'm that that uh the whole lighter cell phone thing was probably one of the coolest moments ever. Um, probably the probably the coolest moment, uh, single moment outside the Austin pop. Um, just because seeing you know almost ninety thousand phones lit up uh, was 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 another goosebump moment. Um, Rock having a match, you know, and I and I really analyzed this. I was like, well, everybody one everybody wants to see him have a match. Two. You know, we all know about uh, the rumors about him not being able to wrestle because of the insurance on his head, because you know he's a, he's you know an A-list celebrity. Um, so it fulfilled those because it gave it gave everybody a match, and then um, he probably went into the producers of his, his latest next couple movies and said, "Listen, 
I'm going to do a quick match. I'm not going to take any hits. I'm going to do a rock bottom. I'm going to pin. So he, can, he probably really wanted to wrestle. I'm thinking he probably don't. I really want to wrestle. And uh, from what um, I'm pretty sure you read it too. I read uh, I read it the next day that he wanted to wrestle the Wyatt. Um, it, it would have been cool if it was Ray. Um, but, um, you know, granted it was only six seconds. Um, I'd rather not hurt Ray anymore, even though he's pretty much, you know, he's like the, he's like the 2010 version of the earthquake right now. Um, so, you know, um, uh, it was good. Um, John Cena came out and I can honestly say I've never cheered for John Cena in my life. I, I, I popped, you know, I marked that a little bit, um, because, you know, just knowing we had a main event, um, which we're going to talk about next, um, knowing we had a main event, it was, it was a relief to see John Cena, um, you know, big pop. You know, and he always gets a reaction. Um, and, you know, we everybody did the whole John Cena sucks. That was a cool moment. Um, you know, um, you know, uh, but, you know, like people, like people talking about Paul Austin, uh, HBK thing, um, you're just kind of, you know, you're kind of digging these guys into a hole. Even though I'm pretty sure uh, which one they get uh, stunned by Stone Cold, and I'm pretty sure Rowan offered up to be, you know, pretty much be the slave of the rock. Um, it was a good nostalgia moment. Um, hopefully now, next year, maybe they come with the rock. You know, kind of maybe not come back for a year or two. So when he comes back, it's more special. Or maybe we get that one last retirement match. Maybe he gets Undertaker. You know, maybe uh, another senior match. It's, uh, you know, hopefully this is it for The Rock for a couple of years. Because I think now uh, we're expecting him to come back. What, what is it now? It's good WrestleMania in a row. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's really diluting The Rock. Um, you know, uh, you know, if, if they did the whole Austin thing where he would, you know, come back, you know, and, and do it in the maybe a couple of years, that's cool. But I don't want to see The Rock next year. I don't want to see him on TV. And I want to see it unannounced. I think it would, it would make much more, especially if everybody's watching WrestleMania. So if you make it unannounced, um, it'll, it'll have it a lot more. But I kind of do at the end of it that they were going to uh, that they were going to do something like this. But yeah, it was what it was. It was good, and uh, my rant's over. No, I feel like, yeah, I feel like his appearances when they're unannounced and he just shows up shockingly, that's when it packs more of a punch. I mean, you look at last year, it was rumored that he was going to be there, but it wasn't official that he was going to be there. So when he showed up and did the whole Ronda Rousey thing, that was cool. Um, and he kind of planted the seeds for something with Triple H. We might see that next year. I wouldn't be shocked. But, um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. So I already kind of gave my two cents. RJ? Uh, when Rock came out, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Stupid attendance. The flamethrower. I'm like, what it is, what it is. Um, why it's coming out just to get buried even more uh, made no sense because The Rock was like, I like you, you're a star, but you're not a star because I'm about to bury you and make fun of you. So then he did all that. Beat Eric Rowan in six seconds was what it was, nothing earth shattering. Um, and then Cena came out. Uh, is he hurt still? Is he healthy? They really didn't specify that. And then. Made it on the top of the stage and left. So, um, like you said, it was just a moment. It was nothing really. Like, not gonna like gonna go back and watch WrestleMania because Rock and Cena buried the Wyatt family. It's not like the, if the Wyatts actually meant something or made something, they're just they're, they're just there now. They're not. No one really cares about them. They lose every match. They weren't even on the show. They're one of the biggest acts they had for the last two years. Not even on the show until unannounced, which was it was what it is what it is, but. This guy should have been way better than he is now. In a marquee match. Marquee. He was facing John Cena and the Undertaker, and then he didn't even wrestle at WrestleMania 32. So I very I I liked why I like Wyatt, but for how much they've done to him, they've just decreased the much how much I really liked him. They just buried him. It's almost the past tense there. Yeah. You almost said liked. 
not like, so mm-hmm. which means that your interest in him is waning. Because he's so. just never on TV, and if he is, he loses. The booking is awful. Awful. Book, I mean, th- that kind of goes without saying. We've ranted about it time and time and time again here on the show. It's just ridiculous, especially for a guy like him whose character is, you know, really needs to... They, it's they unique. Need to, it's, it's unique. Like they need to tread lightly. Else. Exactly. His booking, his character is unlike anything else we've seen in years. A lot like Undertaker in that respect, but Taker wasn't losing every single match he was a part of, you know? So, I don't know. The whole thing is just... To rant about why it's booking is just kind of... It, it's a waste. Because we've talked about it before. It's the same old thing. We ranted about it after he lost to John Cena. We ranted about it after he lost to Taker. Not going to bother doing it the third year in a row just because he's he's dead to me. I think he still has potential if they try to turn him around. And I feel like people have asked me this before. The only way they could really do it is if they turn him babyface. And I feel like they, they might have that now after what happened on Raw, which we'll get into very momentarily. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Like you said, uh, a lot like Brandon. I mean, I cheered for John Cena. I didn't think I would, but I cheered for John Cena just to see him back. And he wasn't back on Raw. I don't know if he's 100% yet. Reportedly, he's not. But um, it was cool to see him back, you know, if, if nothing else. Just a surprise. Surprise mania, essentially, was what it was as you uh, build it, RJ. So we get to the main event finally here, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Triple H defending against Roman Reigns. Hey, sorry, sorry. I want to... Can I mention the Battle Royal for a second? Oh, fuck. We forgot about the Battle Royal. Shit. Oh, you, go ahead. You, you can kick it off. I forgot all about it. Okay, well, Battle Royal is coming. You know, it, this should have been the Battle Royal that was on the undercard. Um, you know, but uh, me being a big, huge, huge 90s basketball fan, I marked the shit out for Shaq. When he came out, I jumped out. Of, I almost fell off the top of the at t Stadium. Uh, that was probably that for me. Um, you know, I, I know I said Stone Cold earlier, and I'm going back to my work. Hey, I'm a wrestling fan, right? I can do that. Um, that Shaq moment was 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 intense. I knew it was going to last long. I, I actually, for a split second, I thought he may be no, the, the bottom four, but then I was realizing, I was like, yeah, he's not going to make it. But I thought that was the coolest thing. Uh, I know Shaq's a big, a big, big wrestling fan. Um, I'm pretty, you know, and um, you know, uh, the DDP thing was kind of cool for what it was. Being six years old, getting in the ring, he was available. You know, Tatanka, Brent. You know, but um, it was it, it was a battle royal. I'm a big battle royal fan. Uh, Shaq, man, that that that, that was a great moment for uh, most basketball fans who I'm sure listen to this fine show. I loved it too. I thought it was a great moment. I mean, as someone who's been clamoring, clamoring for a Big Show Shaq match ever since that initial encounter six, seven years ago at this point, seven fucking years ago. Um, it was great to see. I loved how it was unannounced. Maybe they could have popped a bite, not popped a bite, right, but. Brought in some casual viewers if they, you know, announced his participation in the match ahead of time. But I thought it was a cool surprise. Like you said, DDP. Happy birthday to him, by the way. He turned 60 today or something like that. Uh, Tatanka was in the match randomly. I don't know what, for whatever that was worth. That was cool. Um, like you said, Shaq came out. I love that surprise. And then we had Baron Corbin as a surprise entrant, winning the thing. Uh, huge win in his not only WrestleMania debut, but his WWE debut period. So um, the match that was supposed to be in the kickoff show, I'm glad it was on the main show. Because the kickoff show is kind of throwaway, and I feel like this match, the best honor the John Memorial Battle Royal to date, not saying much because the other two were garbage, pretty much, until Cesaro won in the end. Um, I thought the surprises in this one were cool. It's kind of like WrestleMania's new Royal Rumble where they throw in some surprise entrance. So I love that aspect of it a lot, and I was really happy with it. Uh, and I love that Baron Corbin won. We saw what he did on Raw, very impressive showing. I feel like he has a bright feature. So I thought it was great. RJ? Uh, I thought it was all right. Um, besides Shaq, really, didn't do much for me. Um... Like, Baron Corbin won, but, like, it was, like, one of those moments you saw it coming. Once Kane threw out Dallas, and <laughs> I don't even know who, else was, who even threw out. Whoever the last two people were, you Darren saw Young, Baron Corbin getting up and throwing him out. I think it was Darren Young. Darren Young, there you go. Um, I, I, I think WrestleMania 30 was better. Um, I think the moment of Cesaro winning was way better than Baron Corbin's winning 
not surprising. Like you knew once you saw him, he was gonna get thrown out. Um, didn't really have the suspense that um, WrestleMania 30 had. The trophy actually meant something at that point. And I think there were better, bigger stars at WrestleMania 30 than this jobber uh, under John Memorial. Well, of course, this one was just basically the roster of WWE yeah. superstars. So, um, but I thought the entrance were cool. I love the winner, Baron Corbin. Hopefully, should benefit. It hasn't since our big show, but we'll see where it goes for Baron Corbin. So now we get to the main event: WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Triple H defends against Roman Reigns. The match we all thought it would be. Um, I didn't think it was a bad match. I thought it was a good match. To call it the worst WrestleMania main event of all time is stretching it. People just want to complain. Lest we forget John Cena and The Miz, Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow. I mean, come on, people. It wasn't that bad. The match was predictable as all hell. Doesn't make it bad, though. Cena and Rock was far worse from 29, in my opinion. Whoa. That's, that Aye. might be a stretch. I think Cena and Miz was better. <laughs> Cena and Miz sucked. Sorry. Uh, I thought it was that was a glorified Raw match. This was pretty good. I thought the spirit of Stephanie was a nice little surprise, but uh, I don't know. I didn't hate the match. I don't like that Roman Reigns won, um, but I think just me more over than anything else, I was kind of guard, getting my guard up for a predictable finish anyway. You know, I figured they would just go with the most predictable path and have Roman Reigns win clean. You know, I felt like there was a chance he could go heel, but that's probably why I wasn't really as sour on the main event or on the show in general because that kind of got my guard up for what was the most predictable or what I thought WWE would do. And they ended, they ended up doing with pretty much all the main events. The undercard I thought was better than the main events. Um, but anyway, like I said, Roman Reigns wins clean. New WWE World Heavyweight Champion. RJ, your reaction to the match. And as a big Big Dog fan, uh, were you happy that Roman Reigns won? Um, I thought the match was just there. Um, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Um... It just was there, I guess. Um, the crowd could give two shits about it. Me sitting on my couch, I gave two shits about it. Um, it was probably one of the worst Russell, one of the worst main events I've seen live. I could easily say that because the other shows usually, had, like you said, twenty-seven maybe, twenty-five was pretty bad. Um, this was on the level of twenty-five. Yeah, that was, wasn't a terrible match, but it was very predictable. It, I think twenty-five. The issue with 25, the, the build was similar to this one, too. Okay, yeah. It was very riveting, brawling. You get to the match, just boring, holds, nothing. The feud was better than Triple H Reigns. That's my, that might be Yeah, Randy Orton and Triple H was a bigger, better feud, but I just thought, like, it was just there. Like, no one really cared. It didn't help the crowd didn't care either. And then Reigns winning was very predictable. Um, he wins, nothing really happens. Um, I've seen a lot, like, just like, he doesn't have his own character, he's just a baby, big baby face, like, comes out, does the fist, nothing, like, he just doesn't have anything to bring, that's why people don't cheer, care about him, because, like, he's just a big guy, wears a vest, comes out, hits the ground, then firework, whoop-dee-ding-dong, like, I don't know, he needs to involve his character more than just, like, because you just see him as, like, oh, that's just a big guy with the vest on, like, he doesn't do anything for the crowd, and the casual viewers is like, oh, that guy's big. And the crowd boos him, so they must hate him. Like, he needs the... I don't know, I think he needed, like, a bigger moment, and then the crowd just shit all over him, so it didn't help him out. An extra way. edge, yeah. Yeah. Like, Triple H's entrance was sick. Like, this guy's a badass, all that. Like, he didn't have anything different about him. He was just the same guy that he is every week. Exactly. Didn't really have that extra edge, like no. I'm saying. Yeah. We're on Raw. He kind of showed it on Raw, and he's like... I'm not a bad guy. I'm the guy in reigns of booze. <laughs> At least they acknowledge that yep. if they keep on going this course with it, which I feel like they might if they made AJ Styles the number one contender, I feel like that match isn't happening at the pay-per-view. I feel like it's going to happen on Raw. I don't know why, but I feel like that's going to happen. But anyway, in regards to this match, one thing I just got to say this real quick. What is up with the Triple H WrestleMania main events? It feels like every single time he headlines WrestleMania in the final match, 
It always falls flat. WrestleMania 2000, the, the spotlight was on the tag team title match. The main event sucked. 20 was good. 20, or no, sorry, I'm talking about when he won anyway. I mean, he lost this match. 20, or 2000 sucked. 25 sucked when he won. Um, that was a pooper, and obviously Sean and Taker stole the show. 18, Hogan and Rock stole the show. Sucked. I mean, the match wasn't bad. Him and Jericho, okay, I'm lying. That match was not bad at all. But compared to Rock and Hogan, it was a pooper. And this match was no different. He lost this match, but it kind of reminded me of that. It felt like even the women stole the show over this main event. I feel like if they just ended it on Rock and Rowan, I wouldn't have complained. But um, I'm, I'm not even complaining. No, I, I didn't think the match was bad. Like I said, I just feel like it was way too predictable. So you said to yourself, Brennan, you sent me the picture on Sunday night. The plays despised Roman Reigns. The reaction was deafening in, in person, imagine. So uh, what was your onset report for the main event between Triple H and Roman Reigns? Well, first off, a couple observations. First one, um, I was with uh, I was with a buddy who was at 25, and uh, similar to 25, people started headed in about, you know, I, I figured for about five minutes. But after that, I was like, let's get out of here. You know, I, I missed the spear on Stephanie. I watched it later on on, on, a, on a video, like a 20-second video Vine thing. Um, you know, um, the people decided leaving. Uh, the booze, I'm pretty sure, just like uh, they were for uh, uh, they were for the Usos, they were drowned out. There was a lot of booze. Um, I'd probably say uh, the 97,000 people that were there, probably about 85,000 85, people going. Um, people started heading, for the, heading for the exit, waiting at the exits for the match to end. Um, I did notice uh, that there was some uh, people, pa- uh, two guys passed out at the end, um, one on the 300, the 300 section floor, and then one right there on the 100 section floor. Um, and um, and um, uh, RJ and Grant, uh, you forgot to mention that this was the longest WrestleMania probably ever. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, I, when, the, when the match started, I looked at my phone, my phone was almost dead, um, and it was going on at about 10 o'clock my time, so 11 o'clock y'all time, um, and it was just like, wow, is this going to be over? You know, uh, I, I, I feel bad for the people who were there covering it, um, who were there for seven, eight hours, um, it was just, people wanted to go home, um, the rock, the rock went long, which, you know, I think, um, you know, he was trying to calm everybody down, um, and kind of get everybody from many of them, but I think it did the opposite. I think it got kind of people, uh, you know, um, uh, watched well, the, the Battle Royal was that, but I think the Battle Royal was just like, eh, and then they had this, and it was just like, eh, people headed for the seats, you know, uh, soon as that ding, 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 people just were flooding out. Um, four years though when he won, um, then when he first came out, um, I don't know if he, you know, gained any fans, which I doubt, um, but um, I think, you know, all the hardcore fans left, and a lot of the kids and parents stayed, or, or made, up, made up more percentage of the group than they did before. Um, and, uh, you know, fire went off, and everybody bailed, and uh, went to go. The reaction was deafening, like I said. I mean, it wasn't surprising, the fact that they lost, the, the fact that he was just booed out of the building, you know, so I wasn't too surprised by that. But And that showed on Raw, too. It was no different on Monday Night Raw, but... uh no, like Brandon said, we'll get into it now. Longest WrestleMania, I think, of all time. WrestleMania 20 was five hours. Um, I got to check the specifics on that. I mean, if you count Wrestle, if you count the kickoff show, it was like seven hours, obviously. I don't a, think they even had a kickoff show back then. No, they didn't. I'm talking about this show. I'm talking no, about this seven show. hours. It started at five and ended at like 11.50 here. For this show? This show ended at like No, 11. it did. It did. I'm, yeah. saying, I'm saying for WrestleMania 20, it was like five hours. So this would be six, pretty much seven hours. I don't think anything was, it was even close. 
I mean, back WrestleMania 20, they didn't have a kickoff show like you said, so I'm not going to count the kickoff show here, although it was long. We'll count, we won't count. We will count in this case. I don't know which one was longer. i got to go back and check like the specifics. Because when you go back and watch the... This is the way that I look at it. If you watch the WrestleMania replay on the WWE Network, it's not going to include the kickoff show. No. That's separate. You just watch the show itself. I watched parts of it the other day. I think it clocked in at like four hours and 51 minutes, I think, altogether. So I got to go back and watch it. And WrestleMania 20 probably wasn't that much different. But otherwise, even counting the kickoff, longest WrestleMania of all time. Oh, my goodness. We'll talk about it now. Um, overall, WrestleMania 32, really draining show just from start to finish. I enjoyed it just because I'm a mark and I loved a lot of the matches on the show. It was a very entertaining show, but the experience, I'm sure even live for you, like you said, Brandon, was draining. And I feel bad for the people that were there all day long, 7, 8 hours, covering everything, just sitting in their seats for whatever reason. You know, and ending with a match like this, it's not like, oh, i got to stay for this match. Roman Triple H was not, like, the most must-see main event in recent history, obviously, so it really wasn't worth sitting through. But um, and, and especially for no swerve, I wouldn't imagine, I wouldn't be surprised if people were disappointed that they sat all through that, for, through everything, you know, through the seven hours for that just one moment of Roman winning clean as a babyface for no reason. But um, anyway, RJ, I'll start with you. Overall thoughts in WrestleMania? Um, what do you think of it? How does it compare to recent years? And we'll do what we do every year. How would you rate it out of 10? Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say it was bad, but it was exactly how going into it I thought it was going to be. Um, last week I was saying I was going in 50-50. Um, I thought some of the main matches would be good. Some of them might be stinkers. And I thought all three main matches were did not get up to the expectations I even set for them, and they weren't really that high in the first place. I think the undercard was pretty good. Um, I thought, like you said, they, they feel, I feel like they focused more on the moment. Like, oh, my God, this is so-and-so's moment. This is his moment. This is her moment. This is Billy in the front row's moment. Like, when they, like, booked this show, I feel like they took, like, just, like, what will get on SportsCenter and look good? We'll start Shane jumping off the cage. Shaquille O'Neal's there. Stone Cold and The Rock are there. John Cena came back. Um, there's a new championship belt. Like, they're just plugging things that would go on SportsCenter. So, the casual person like, oh, that looks pretty cool. But they're not really showing the actual matchup that the hardcore fan wanted. Because it was kind of like, this is there. Um, very long show. And it just, I don't know. Compared to the last few, besides 29, no, 29 sucked. Um, I think it was worse. It was worse than 30, 31, 28. 27 was awful. I'd say it was probably more near 26. And tw- I don't really remember 23 and 22 that much. Kind of blurred there. But um, it was kind of just middle of the road, I feel like. I feel like we've talked about this before. I mean, it was more moments, as yeah. you said. It didn't really do anything long term. I think all old timers that made big moments, pretty much. Or they took people that aren't in the company, like tomorrow, like last night, they to make the wrong. moment. Instead of using the future or the talent they have now, they just had to get, like, the legends, the Hall of Famers, the big personalities on the show to get the big moments. Like, instead of focusing on what they had, they kind of like, go out of their way to get all these other people to get big moments. This was the perfect show, like you said, for a sports center and to make moments, break records. Yep, That's what that, they focused on all that, night long, like, breaking records. One, like, oh, my God, it's his big moment. Like, he won a crappy U.S. title match that he retained with the Ding Dong. It's not his big moment. No one's going to remember. And no one's going to see it because they're not going to be on the show because it's on the pre-show. Exactly. It's so annoying. When Michael Cole said that, I'm like, oh, goodness. I think it was Lita. Yeah, uh, someone said it. I think it's it was on the it was on the panel. I yeah, feel like I know still, what you're saying. Like, I think it was or Renee Young or Renee something Young, like that. Like, oh yeah. my god! I feel like it was that show that you go back and watch next year in the network. You're gonna enjoy the hell out of it, 
not because it's five hours, but because I feel like there's a lot of moments. You're going to love the pop, like Brandon was talking for Stone Cold. You know, everything about this, when Shaq came out, the Battle Royal, when Corbin won, blah, blah, blah. Very entertaining show. Um, not a lot of marquee, like, all-star match of the year candidates, other than ladder match was great. Um, the women's match was match of the night for me. Yep. The AJ and Jericho match was really, really good. Um, I don't know if I'd call it one of the best matches of the year, but I thought it was really, really good. The rest of the matches, there were like seven other matches in the show. None of the main events were matches of the year worthy at no. all. No. Not even top 25. Yeah, up to this point anyway. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it's a show that you go back and watch it. It's going to be entertaining. But I feel like you look at it from two different perspectives. Was it a great show in terms of the future? No, not really, no. As an entertaining show, as a, as a spectacle, I feel like it delivered. But did it make me any more excited for Raw than I was, despite the fact it's you know despite the fact that it's the post WrestleMania Raw and you're gonna be excited for it regardless? Not really. Roman Reigns champion again, third time in four months. Okay, great. Um, okay, cool. So the Authority's still around. Okay, cool. And the Undertaker's still wrestling, and Shane's not in charge, and Brock Lesnar is still undefeated. So nothing basically changed overall, other than the new Women's Championship and. Whatever, like that stuff's cool. New Intercontinental Champion, but that's like the minor stuff. I'm talking like major overall picture here. But I, um, I feel like no stars were actually made. Not, not really. I feel maybe like the you know, Divas. Maybe Charlotte. Maybe all three, three women. women. They got their maybe they got their name on like they got put their names on the map. Yeah, like they were already kind of stars, but now they're like they're solidified stars. stars. Yeah. Besides that, not really. No. Jericho. Dean Ambrose. Nothing. No, not really. Owens. Yeah. Zane. Zack yeah. Ryder had his Zach 50 Zack Ryder came out on top of the most, and he lost the title the next night. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was more about He's moments. He's not really the future. He's been around for a long yeah, time. Yeah, but it was more about moments and surprise mania, like yep. I said, swerving the fans. I enjoyed it from that respect. I was surprised. I was glad they didn't go the most predictable path with every match in the card, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, but anyway, like I said earlier, we do this every single year. RJ, what would you read it out of 10? Uh, I think I said six, six and a half out of 10. I think I said okay. that after the show. Okay. So. I'll give it... Uh, I'll give it seven and a half. I'll give it seven and a half, just because I personally enjoyed it. It's going to change for everybody. It's so subjective. Um, I mean, like, um, if you don't like any of the people or don't like the matches, or if you're if you're pissed that Charlotte won, then you're probably going to like notch it a, a rank below or you know a point below, whatever. It's all subjective, but I give it seven and a half, especially if we're talking entertainment here, not great show. So, Brandon, you were there. Overall thoughts on the show? Was it a great experience live watching it back if you had already? And uh, what would you give it out of ten? Okay, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it three scores. Real. see that like you said i feel like the outcomes and i told you this on sunday night too rj i feel like it's all about the aftermath it really all depends where they go from here and we kind of saw a little bit of that on raw and before we go off here we won't go do on a full on raw review but basically in a nutshell i'll just give our overall thoughts on raw and how it kind of shapes the future of wwe shane was in charge for the night for no apparent reason made absolutely no sense at all um so much bad blood between shane and vince yet vince gives him the the control of raw anyway all right nothing was really any different with shane in control of raw than would have been vince 
not complaining, but I just thought that was weird. Um, a lot of fresh faces on Raw. That was kind of like debut mania on Raw with Enzo and Cass getting called up, Apollo Crews, Baron Corbin making his Raw debut, the Vaude Villains debut on Thursday on SmackDown, on the return of Maurice, new Intercontinental Champion The Miz, new number one contender in AJ. Great main event. Really, really enjoyed Raw. Gave me more hope for the immediate future than WrestleMania did. Um, but Brandon, what were your thoughts on Raw on Monday before we go off the air? Um, it was, it, it was, uh, you know, I don't, I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I maybe watch one Raw every few months. If I see something that I hear, if I hear or see something on Twitter or on, on some results, I'll, I'll go back and watch it. Um, a couple observations first, uh, I don't think Apollo Crews is ready. Um, I'm surprised they, they called him up this early. I was shocked when I saw him. Um, I think so, you know, I think he's working on his mic skills a little more. He's a great indie wrestler. Um, I still think he needs a little more time in NXT. Um, Vaude Villains, I think they're going to be the next extension. I just don't see them as a, as a main roster threat. I don't think, I think they're going to be, you know, a, a, a laughing stock. Um, uh, I like Enzo, I like the big cast, but I like them better as talkers than I do as, as workers. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, I, I hope, I hope I'm not the other one, but then I'm going to feel like a big dick. Um, but you know, for, for me, you know, if I turned in and watched that Raw, um, the first time as a wrestling fan, as, as a non-wrestling fan, and never watched Raw before wrestling, I would probably come back and watch it next week, um, but then be disappointed, and that's why I'm probably not going to watch it next week, I think she's something really, really good, um, I was expecting a lot more, I was expecting Bailey, I know you were, Graham, I know you were probably, already, I know you were, which you had your hook shirt on, <laughs> I for, did, um, I was, that didn't happen, you know, I was hoping maybe Baylor, even though the, the, the NXT kind of maybe kind of pushed that back. I was hoping for maybe something a little bigger. Um, but you know, uh, you know, it, it, it was a solid Raw, uh, not as good as past uh, post Raw WrestleManias. Um, but um, unless unless they can find a way to turn Roman uh, naturally, you know, and naturally turn him turn face, or you know, I see a chance that you know Sammy and Owens are going to you know be on top of uh, on top of the card. There's just no incentive for me really to watch Raw. Unless I know I'm coming back on this glorious show, um, or uh, you know, or, or I see something in results that really sticks out, I just I'm not gonna watch Raw for a while, you know. That's usually what happens too. I mean, the post WrestleMania Raw is always great. The very next week, we talked about it two years ago. Remember, we were on the show RJ and Evolution came back on the second Raw after Mania, not the first, not the night after, but like the week later. And they were in like Alabama or something. Evolution came out to their theme music, and the crowd sat on their hands. It was like this is awful. It was not a good show at all. It sucked. Um, after that amazing post WrestleMania Raw in 2014, that's always the case. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know next week's a, a pooper of a show. But um, yeah, like you pretty much summed up both of our thoughts with the call ups and the whole show. Um, I thought a Cruz. I was there for his debut in Brooklyn. I think the guy is great. I think he could be not saying much, but I feel like he can be the first Black Champion since The Rock. Um, but like you said, I feel like he's not quite ready. I was expecting him to see him get called up. I was happy to see it. A little surprised just because I feel like he was going to be in NXT longer. RJ, you said he feel like you felt like he was going to be champion first. That's what I thought too. Um, Baron Corbin, I feel like could be something. It was a long time coming for him. Uh, great to see him up there. Enzo and Cass, completely agree. So much better talkers than they are wrestlers. We'll see. I feel like a, a program with the Dudley Boys can be entertaining, but they got to give him storyline support. If they treat this feud the same way they did Dudley Boys Newsos, no one's going to fucking care. Like The real test comes next week to see if they're over with the main roster crowd. Because, of course, the post-WrestleMania crowd's going to like them. And the VOD villains, completely agree. You know, RJ, you, said, you tweeted it last night. They're going to be the next Ascension. I could not agree more. I mean, I, I like them. I, I like them. Not really, but <laughs> I just feel like the gimmick is just no one's going to fucking care. That's why Tyler Breeze didn't get over, and he's really talented. They're not that great, you know? I feel like the hype bros 
I feel like the Hypers have a better chance of getting over than they do on the main roster. I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. And especially if you debut on SmackDown, that's like the kiss of death for your career. So um, we'll see how it goes on, on, uh, on Thursday, SmackDown, and on Raw next week to see if they are actually going to get over with the crowd. But uh, RJ, your thoughts on the post-WrestleMania Raw before we wrap it up here? I'm going to go with Brandon. I thought it was very underwhelming compared to the last few uh, post-Raw WrestleManias. Um, I don't know if they were on the WrestleMania Hangover because a lot of show is so long. But um, like you said, I like Apollo Crews. I think he's very talented. But the mic is just not there right now. I thought he'd get the NXT Championship or maybe a little bit more time in NXT. They kind of – they didn't – like it was one of those things like they, they, it's not like they've done every possibility with him. They, you know, they had to bring him up. Like there's been – he didn't fight crew, uh, Joe yet. Maybe Nakamura. Balor was kind of like they really did. They had one match. They had one off of the title. They had two matches, but yeah. the rematch that wasn't for the title. I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Um, I think he should still. I think he should still be down there. Like I said, very talented, but um, I feel like in the main roster, just like Baron Corbin, probably will get lost in the shuffle. Um, they look good now because there's some people that are out. But once a Rollins comes back, a Cena comes back, they're gonna have Owen, Zayn, all these people that would be the mid card main title. What are these guys gonna be doing? Um, I don't think they're talented. On, like I said, Corbin, I think he should still be in NXT as well. He still needs to develop. Um, he's not really, like I said, it's not even like he's an indie guy. It's like oh, wicked good and like he can come up and just improve stuff. Like Apollo Crews can improve his mic skills on the side. He's not the greatest worker. And I think that once Rollins and Cena and all those guys start coming back, they probably get lost in the shuffle. And then they'll just kind of be, with, they'll just be like Tyler Breeze is there. And uh, villains don't care for them. Um, don't think they're that they're not that good in the ring. Their gimmick is very limited, and I would not be surprised if they're worse than the Ascension because I think at least Ascension were somewhat entertaining when they're squashing people, and I don't see anything for the Bob Villains. I feel like with the NXT call up, someone mentioned this on Twitter last night. They didn't call up the best they had to offer. I think Brandon alluded to it too. They I mean they called up Enzo and Cass, which is the best. Oh, tag I didn't team. even talk about them. I think they're very entertaining, but as workers, they don't do it for me. I feel like with them, I was happy they got called up. I've been calling for this for months. They're going to get called up the night at the WrestleMania, and they did. They, you know, reports have indicated they're being called up for a while. No Carmella, by the way. That was a bit weird. Maybe it's subtime. Maybe in due time, they'll, she'll get called up too with them. She she kind of completes the act. Um, but they were like the elite of the tag team division in NXT, other than American Alpha. But they were just getting a run. Dawson. As, and Dash and Dawson. But they, were, they just, they're not going anywhere just yet. They're going to get called up in due time. Enzo and Cass were more worthy of anyone of a call-up in the tag team division. Very happy with that. The Vaude villains don't really care about, so we'll see. But with the women, they didn't call anyone up for the women, which was weird. Um, I guess they kind of want to keep the women's division what, the way it is right now in NXT. Maybe they'll call up Bailey later. For the men, like Brandon said, I feel like they didn't really call up the best that they had. Baron Corbin makes, makes sense. I feel like he's... He's like a glorified mid-card, I feel like anyone is. Yeah, but I feel like he's also kind of done most of what to do in NXT. He didn't go after the championship, which was weird, but I thought he would. But that's not really a big thing. Cruz, I didn't think was ready. Cruz, Corbin's ready. Cruz, not so much. Um, but I feel like they could have called up before him. I was surprised Joe didn't debut. Maybe he will at some point. Balor, same thing. Balor, Bailey, and uh, Joe, I feel like were locks, and they weren't. Um, maybe they get called up in due time. But, yeah, I like the call-ups by and large. I forgot about this. I completely forgot about Cesaro who wrestled in the main event, wrestling his first match in five months. Great to see him back. So, uh, yeah, overall, I th- as of Raw itself, was really entertaining. Not as epic, as you guys said, as, as past installments of the post-WrestleMania Raws. But overall, um, I'm excited for the immediate future to see where they go, going to the payback with all the call-ups, 
Reigns style should be really, really good, uh, depending on where they go with Roman Reigns as WWE champion. The new women's championships. There's a couple things to get excited about right now in the immediate future of WWE. So that is our uh, you know traditional post-wrestling. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Can I say one last thing? And then we, we forgot to mention this, and we're both going to, we're all three of us going to slap ourselves in the head. I want to say rest in peace to Wade Barrett. Um, it looks like he's done. Um, I know we've, uh, we've heard that he's uh, he kind of requested to have his contract. Um, I would have beat his ass. Uh, I would have taken a big ass kick on his way out. He did it. Um, um, you know, I'm pretty sure this may be it for Wade. Um, if it is, you know, had a hell of a run. Um, he had the most attention in the world, um, but he got hurt, injury prone. Um, could have done something big. He could have been, he's a natural born heel. He could have been a great heel champion. Didn't work out. Rest in peace, Wade. Yeah, it looks like he is done. I mean, it, it sounded like, from what the report said a couple of months ago, that he was wrapping up his career in June. But I don't know why they would take him out of League of Nations and have him be on his own for the last couple of months on his contract. So I would assume, like you said, that this is it. Um, it kind of looked that way on on, uh, on Monday night, and they were attacked by Wyatt Family. So it looks like we're getting League of Nations and Wyatt Family. Maybe Wyatt's a, maybe Wyatt Family is baby faces, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it looks like Wade Barrett is done in WWE officially as of last night. They, they put up a YouTube video, and it's weird too, because sometimes they'll do this where they do an angle on Raw, like where Eve, or no, Caitlyn beat Eve for the Divas Championship a couple years ago, and then Eve quit the company on like their app or something like that. The Bella Twins, the same thing, they dropped the championship on Extreme Rules or Raw or something, and then they quit the company on like the .com or something like that. I thought they were going to do something with Barrett. They put a video up on their YouTube channel, he said... They can all kiss my ass, and that was it. He didn't quit or anything, so um, it's not like he was beaten to the point where it's like, oh, he's never going to come back. He's just beating the shit out of, but I don't know. So maybe he could be back next week, but I don't know. It feels like it'd be pointless to get him out of the group, to keep him around for a couple more months before he gets fired. So this this could be the end of Wade Barrett. So any final thoughts on uh, Wade Barrett, uh, RJ? Um, Getting... I thought he had a lot of potential, and once they buried him in the Nexus, his career dwindled. Um... He tried to revamp his character. Um, he was getting over organically with the crowd, and then he would get hurt or de-pushed. So, like you said, very injury-prone. And um, I think he had a decent career. I don't blame it on him. I think he had the ability. He had the look. I think I think all of us had to think that he would be a world heavyweight or WWE champion in the future after um, winning NXT Season 1. But... Um, the WWE just never really put the pieces together. They were too focused on the John Cena's, um, Randy Orton, Triple H at the time, and really weren't looking towards the future. Instead of pushing Barrett, like they pushed Sheamus, Del Rio, um, Brian even, I think Barrett had a lot of potential. And the WWE kind of just let him hang on the wayside. And then when they tried to push him, it was just too late for people to care. And if they did care, he eventually got hurt. Um, like I said, I thought he had a decent career and it's, a shame he never won the world heavyweight and WWE champion. Yeah, like kind of a combination of what both of you guys said too. Uh, uh, you know, cursed by injuries many times throughout his career. That kind of cut his momentum short. And whenever he was getting over, they would pull the rug right from underneath him. Nexus, the bad news stuff, winning King of the Ring, which I thought was going to go somewhere. It didn't. Came out with a fucking plunger the next week, you know? So I was really hoping he would be the first one to become the first English-born WWE world heavyweight champion. Not the case. Um, that has yet to happen, which boggles my mind. From British Bulldog to William Regal to Wade Barrett, I'm shocked there's not been a, uh, a British-born world heavyweight, or at least a, uh, an English-born, rather, 
WWE champion, World Heavyweight champion, whatever. Maybe in due time. Is there anyone from NXT that's that's from England or no? I'm Neville. trying to think. Neville. No. Okay. Maybe maybe Neville. We'll see. Not in the current course that he's on right now, but he's kind of like Dynamic Dynamite Kid 2.0 at this point. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's kind of a shame. But that closes out our post WrestleMania edition of WrestleRant Radio. Uh, Brandon, I gotta thank you, brother, for representing the WrestleRant brand over uh, WrestleMania week, and really appreciate it. But before we let you go, anything you want to plug, and uh, yeah, anything else that we want, you want to shout out to the people? Uh, no, just follow me on Twitter. I talk baseball, basketball, wrestling, uh, urban, uh, urban administration, and, and urban planning. Uh, I'm a big nerd. Um, I don't have as many followers as you do, but uh, you know, throw me a follow on Twitter. You know, I, I shoot the shit once in a while. Um, and you know, thanks for having me on the show. I'm sorry I bailed out a few months ago. Um, hopefully next time I won't have to bail out. And uh, you know, it, it was great. It was great representing WrestleMania. Got a few, got a few questions. Um, you know, and thanks again for the thanks again for the shirt. I'll wear it proudly at uh, Ring of Honor on uh, April 23rd. Um, I'm going to the Ring of Honor show out here. I'll wear it again, and hopefully we get some more uh, we get some more people to follow the show. No problem. I appreciate it, man. Like I said, uh, for the free exposure. And you've been a longtime fan of the show. I've been friends with you for almost five years now, so it was a long time coming. So I appreciate it, but. Like you said, the people can follow you on the Twitter at Brandon Dross. And uh, we'll be sure to have you on the show again down the line. So I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks, dude. I'll catch you down the road. RJ, before we go off the air, uh, your thoughts on everything going on right now and anything you want the people to plug? Yeah, plug for the people to check out. Sorry. Uh, I think I think we're going to uh, – I'm trying to think what I'll say. RJ's two cents or – RJ's two cents. I haven't had one in a while. Uh, well, since Sunday. Since Sunday, you know. Getting over that <laughs> WrestleMania hangover. A while means like two days in this case. Just because you posted one every day for yeah, like two so weeks. Getting R- over the hangover WrestleMania, but there should be some coming up soon. R.I.P. The streak. The streak is over. Just too much. Um, but, uh, yeah, R.D. underscore Mercer on Twitter. Uh, my two cents on nextyearwrestling.net. And I hope wrestling stays good, but um, usually it's the hangover at the WrestleMania, but um, I'll go with GSM's wishful thinking and positive attitude, and hopefully the spring is good, and summer is usually always good, so I like to see, hopefully they new compelling storylines, and don't just go back to the same old shit, which they're kind of doing with Charlotte and Natalia, but that's another rant for another day, um, but uh, I think it's good. Um, WrestleMania could have been better in my opinion, but we'll see how it goes for this year. I'm still not going to not stop watching. That's not like that's not even an option. But um, you know, they're not always great. But you know, at the end of the day, you'll always be entertained. So, PMA. That's what I like to hear, Mister Marceau. That's what I like to hear. But this is not like Christmas. Christmas is over. Oh, I got to go back to work. Got to go back to school. My life sucks. It's not like that. We got coming out of WrestleMania in just two weeks. From Thursday, NXT LOL, your first ever NXT experience, my second, you're marking out right now. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. No Apollo Crews, Baron Corbin, Vaude Villains, or Ooh. Enzo and Cass, um, but it's going to be a great experience. And then beyond that, May 22nd, our third pay-per-view in the past year, we got Extreme Rules in Newark, New Jersey on the Mr. Marceau Farewell Tour. Yep, I can't wait. And then beyond that... SummerSlam, baby. Yeah, if I go. On August 21st, hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully. hopefully. But I thought you were going to SummerSlam and TakeOver, Raw, Raw, Raw and SmackDown, TakeOver, and Superstars Main Event. Yep. All of them. I thought you were going to all of them. I am. Okay, good, good. Yeah, that's I think it's like two years. Ah. For next year, too. Ah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> Can't wait. So, Mr. Marceau, fair, Farewell Tour rolls on. I know today we just talked for an hour and a half about WrestleMania and Raw. Didn't even scratch the surface. 
for NXT TakeOver. We're saving that. We're going to keep your appetite wet for Thursday. We're talking about on WWE Radio. I want to get Tom's take on WrestleMania 32. The show was amazing. It was amazing. In a nutshell, don't even listen to the show. It was amazing. I'm just kidding. Listen to the show, people. Listen to the show. It goes up every Thursday right here on NextAirWrestling.net. Can't wait to talk about it. I watched it with you, RJ, on Friday. Just blew me away. Nakamura, you said it yourself, is a fucking star. But um, in the meantime, and in between time, you guys can catch me on the Twitter at WrestleRant. Follow me on Facebook. Give the page and all thumbs up at Facebook.com backslash Matthews. Find me on YouTube at YouTube.com backslash C backslash Matthews. And this very website, every day, new, to- new content is going up, nextairwrestling.net. Raw reviews, SmackDown, NXT, main event, superstars, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, NXT, and everything else in between. My full thoughts on WrestleMania 32 up from this past Sunday. Hashtag AskJSM, everything else in between. RJ's two cents. Check it out, too. Huge thanks to RJ, John, Thomas, everyone who contributed work during WrestleMania season. Most successful one for the website yet, and I'm looking forward to the future. So, of course, stay tuned until next Tuesday for a full new episode of WrestleRant Radio. Until then, for RJ Marceau, I'm Graham G. Matthews. We will catch you folks down the road to WrestleMania 33.